Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Hello, I'm so happy today to introduce you to my old, old, old friend. We can say that, can't we, Diana? Yes. Uh, Diana Stewart. I met Diana in Guatemala. I think we were in Guatemala or before we went down there. We went on a um, Central American mission trip for the summer, I think it was for the summer, with PMT, which is was Practical Missionary Training. And Diana, I just adored her because she's so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> she is still pretty funny. Um, I actually came across a poem she sent me one time um, because we talked about, you know, where, are we ever going to get married? And the poem was, Oh, Unknown Man. Do you remember? That? Yes. And it comes from a book. Actually, it's not my poem that yes, I wrote, I but it comes it. from a book yeah. um, entitled uh, um, uh, Old Maid is a Dirty Word. Old Maid is a Dirty Word. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I thought this is so political politically incorrect because everybody says oh I don't need to get married well we don't need to but we want to do and <laughs> and Diana would say oh we just she would say I feel so sorry for that man who hasn't met me yet <laughs> and we would talk that way and my mother would roar she loved Diana too well shortly after that time I don't know how many years Diana uh joined uh Wycliffe Bible Translators and um, so she, and I'm just going to let her, Diane, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, what you do now and what you did while you were full-time, maybe over in the Philippines. So talk about yes. that. And then we'll get into legacy questions in a little bit. Welcome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. <laughs> um, I, uh, I worked with Wycliffe Bible Translators in the Philippines for 34 years. I live in a retirement community, Wycliffe's retirement community in Waxhaw, North Carolina, and con I'm continuing to work for Wycliffe. I work uh, in the office of our retirement community um, as an administrative assistant. I was doing that most of the years that I worked in the Philippines. When you're a support worker, you do just about every job there is to do. So I think it, I've done probably almost all of them. I taught um, second grade. People who know me would die because yeah. I, don't, I don't like children who are shorter than I am. So yes, I taught second grade for about two months in an emergency measure in Papua New Guinea. So yes, we do anything God asks us to for a short time. That's kind I of taught uh, seven, sixth through uh, eighth grade English. Oh. Also, and I'm not even a teacher. So yeah, good for you. <laughs> as I stepped in to help out. So yeah. There's um, a story there, a story of surrender right there. <laughs> I also served as a nurse. I, I was oh, a nurse yeah. before I joined Wycliffe and I served I both that. in Guatemala and in Ethiopia. Oh. Uh, in Ethiopia with World Vision and in Guatemala with Central American Mission um, in their uh, medical work that they had going there. So I forgot that. Yeah. We are old friends. Yes. Okay. So you're still working at the retirement base right now. What's your favorite part about your job right now? Uh, I think my favorite part about my job is I get to plan all the events for the seniors. And that certainly is uh, something that I really love. So I have fun creating and planning parties. So that's why you're doing party that. Party person. I, if you want to... Um, 
hear some really great, read some really great devotional writing. And then all the fun things that retired missionaries do, you can, um, I can send you her email address. I guess I could put that in show notes. Is that all right with you? (laughs) Because she's, Diane is such a good writer. And we were just talking about that before we started recording, but she's always having these hilarious parties and she's very creative. And we did some of those parties, didn't we? When we were in Guatemala. Yes. Oh, yes. I think we kind of shocked the older missionaries (laughs) in our younger days. Oh my gosh. So one of my favorite parties that I have ever done is an old folks party. It only works when you're 30. Yeah. My friends came as they imagined, I think it was my 30th party and they came as they imagined they would be 50 or 40 years hence. Yeah. So that would mean they were in their seventies. They came in walkers. Some came in wheelchairs. Yeah. They got new names like Bertha and (laughs) Hazel and George And and Mabel names like that. So anyway, that's where I learned one of my friends wrote on her card because they answered questions on a card. And one of the questions was, what do you want written on your tombstone? I don't mm-hmm. think this is very original, but she wrote, I told you I was sick. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm determined to write on mine yeah. if I had one. <laughs> Well, you know what? We do laugh a lot together. And I think Christians can be, get the reputation of being dour. And I don't think, I don't think Jesus wants to be represented. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad that you, they found that role for you or you just made it up as I am going to be in charge of events. Did you just tell yeah. them that's what you wanted to do? Oh dear. Well, that's great. Okay. Well, as far as legacy, what legacy do you want to pass down to those who know and love you? Well, I'd like for people to say she loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. She lived and moved and had her being in him. Um, when we had some Filipinos visit who were language helpers of one of my friends visit the United States, they hung out with a lot of believers in the United States. And one of their observations was that Christians never talk about Jesus. Oh, wow. Except on Sunday. And so I want my legacy to be that I talk about Jesus all the time, that Mm -hmm. Jesus just is a part of my natural conversation, Mm -hmm. that I am looking for Jesus' presence and um, then uh, noting it out loud to other people. Um, I I also uh, am really attracted to people who can make parables in their everyday lives about like Jesus used to do when he walked along, he would, he would see something and it would become a parable and it Mm -hmm. would tell a lesson. And so, you know, it's that kind of thing, just leaving a legacy of being someone who talked about Jesus all the time, but in a way that was natural and that was attractive to other people. That that would draw other people so mm. that no one felt, you know. Tell me a little that, bit more about what you mean by looking for the parable. Because I expect, because I was raised in the church, I just took it for granted that Jesus spoke in parables. But I've never thought, well, I'm, I'm going to speak in parables. What do you mean by that for us? Okay, well, I, I can tell you a story of a friend of mine because it was recent and it just struck me. So he, he was parked in a uh, gas station. And um, he noticed at the pump across from him, there was a big orange cone in the first pump. And there was an older man at the 
and second pump. And then there's these long line of cars waiting for gas behind this elderly man. Mm. The car that filled up in front of him moved on and he moved up, but he didn't move up all the way to the first pump because he could see the orange cone, but no one behind him could. Oh. So the man, so my friend was watching the man in the car right behind, the young man in the car right behind him. And he was honking his horn oh. and he was getting more and more angry and so on and so forth. Well, that's a parable. That's a yes, picture yeah. of sometimes you don't know what's happening in people's lives. Mm -hmm. You don't know the obstacles they're seeing that you can't see or why they're doing what they're doing. But, but so, so step back and pause and say, maybe I don't have the whole picture here. Mm -hmm. That's a parable. Yes, it that's, is. That's like, that's like saying, okay, this is a, this is a lesson. So it's seeing those lessons all around you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when, when I'm with little kids, I'll point out things that I see that are lessons. Do you mm -hmm. notice what's going on over there? Let's watch and see what happens. Let's see mm -hmm. what we can learn from this, what's happening over here. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's the, more that kind of thing, just mm -hmm. looking for the lessons and looking for what you can learn all around you and what the Lord would want you to see and observe mm -hmm. that could be helpful to you in your own growth. And if someone has not thought about living that way, what would you suggest how they could start living that way? What, what would well, they need to do? Well, I would certainly pray. Okay. The first thing is I pray in the morning. I say, Lord, help me to see, help me to see. Um, uh, one time, uh, one year I knew that I was going through the world blind. And so I asked the Lord to help me every day to see something that moved me emotionally, that touched my heart. And then to see things that I, that he, he wanted me to learn from, to, to show me lessons. And he began to do that. And I, I, uh, I have all kinds of, my love for photos and camera work and stuff came out of that. So many mm -hmm. other things came out of that, but I would begin with praying and mm -hmm. then just looking, mm -hmm. just keeping your eyes open, stopping and noticing I think that's the big thing is we don't stop and notice. Hmm. We don't hmm. take the time. We're just rushing here and there and kind of, you know, like horses with their little blinders on going so through the world. I find I'm that way when I have too much on my to-do list, Diana. Mm -hmm. When I, I mean, you know me, I'm pretty productive and I'm mm -hmm. young acting, even when I'm young. Mm -hmm. And I get those blinders on because I must produce or I must get this done. I mean, I'm just feeling like I've been catching up all week because I was out of town most of last week. And I thought, you know, don't interrupt me. And mm -hmm. you don't want to say that. I don't want to say that to God. I want him to interrupt me. And I don't want it to feel like an interruption. I mean, can you imagine being interrupted by the God of the universe and feeling annoyed? I mean, mm -hmm. how presumptuous and entitled mm -hmm. are we Americans to have so much to do? So um, that is such a, a, a beautiful way to live. But it's also just practical to start with mm -hmm. prayer. And then ask him to help us see, to remove the mm -hmm. blinders. Yeah. And I see that in your writing. Uh, anyone mm -hmm. who wants to uh, get on your email list, that you really do see things in a miraculous way. Just normal things, scripture that we've read our whole lives. Mm -hmm. And so it's so refreshing to my soul. So how are you currently doing this so that you have a legacy of people knew that Jesus, that um, Diana loved Jesus? Um, 
Well, I think part of it is, like I said, just talking about Jesus, just mm-hmm. just bringing him into conversation very naturally. Um, and not just around the missionaries. Oh, no. Okay, so like give, me an, said to me, give me an like example. Like someone said to me the other day, they said, I don't know where I'm going, kind of in a joking little way. And I said, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> what about you? Are you going there too? I mean, it's like, it's like those kinds of things. It's like mm-hmm. just natural. It's like mm-hmm. if someone says something, mm-hmm. the Lord, just because I, I'm trying mm-hmm. to stay focused on the Lord. Yeah. I'll just think of, you know, a, a comment yeah. that they can just, they can just shrug off it. Yeah. or we can have mm-hmm. a we can talk more but it's just kind yeah. of an opportunity and an open door it's just mm-hmm. it's just out there mm-hmm. throw it out there and hey if you want to if you want to say more about it fine if you don't you know that's fine too mm-hmm. we'll just move on but finding those ways to do that in mm-hmm. a very natural way so yeah, turn, without being obnoxious without, without being, being obnoxious, obnoxious. yeah, yeah. yeah. Just in the it can you. just be a joke or, yeah. you know, I, a neighbor was helping us one time and I, and I knew his religious background was uh, Mormon, but that he was no longer Mormon. And so he was helping us so much. I go, what are you trying to do? Earn your way to heaven? I just said that he just looked at me <laughs> strangely, but we're friends, you know, so like it was a joke, but, and I didn't mean it because I, but you know, when you're raised a certain way, you do think and act a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is not going to do it for you, honey, but thank you for your help. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, that is so great. Now, did you have to make any changes? Cause you said at one point you were living uh, blind. I'm not sure everybody caught that, but she said, Lord, I was living blind. Now open my eyes to see. So what changes did you have to make or obstacles did you need to overcome to make this way of seeing happen? There was a book called the way of seeing, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Oh, gosh, I could go up. Now I've got a whole nother thing I could go off on, but I'm not going to. But um, I don't mind. <laughs> oh, gosh, it was just so fun. Tell well, me. You know, blindfold yourself and yeah. try to eat dinner. Have oh! someone feed you. Did you do oh, that? Oh, my gosh, it's so fun. There's so, there's a place in Atlanta where you can go and be blind for a day. And you have guides that take you through all these experiences through the day. Wow. Now, I, can't, I can't remember what it is. But it's blind people who are your guide, <laughs> and you are blindfolded. The thing, the really fun thing about it is, you don't know if they're black or white. Yeah, you don't know if they're. You can tell probably if they're a male or female, mm-hmm. but you really you can't see them. So you have you have no preconceived things that you're doing as you interact with these people. Mm. I, I just think it sounds absolutely fascinating to me. But anyway, that that came out also of that time of wanting to see. I had to be intentional. Mm. So so I so th- these are some of the things I did intentionally because I wanted to see. One was, I wanted something to move my heart every day. In other words, I wanted to see something and be able to journal. This moved me in, in some way, touched my heart. Mm. I felt like I, I if you lined up a, a clerk who had waited on me at a store with a whole bunch of others, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to pick out the one who had just waited on me. Mm. I, I couldn't do that. So I wanted to notice the person if they had a name take I wanted to call them by name and then silently to pray a blessing over them so every grocery line I go through and now it's just habitual every I still do this 
So I wanted to do that. That was another thing that I saw that I, I mean, that I wanted to really see mm-hmm. and not be blind about. So those were two very intentional things that I did that I'm still doing. Um, and then out of that photography, a love for photography came and I began to notice a lot of things in my world that I hadn't seen before. Now that wasn't particularly intentional about it, but I became aware that I was seeing things other people don't really pay any attention to. Hmm. Like I was stopped uh, a few weeks back, I was stopped at a, a stop sign in our town and this whole flock of birds came up over the car. I mean, it was absolute (laughs) amazing. I was just, I was just stunned by this gorgeous. It was really, really beautiful, but all around me, people were in their phone, in their cars at the stoplight kind of text. Nobody's, I mean, there were, I could tell there were people around me who didn't even notice this, these birds that were coming. So it's more of that kind of thing. Just, just generally paying attention. So there were a couple of other intentional things, but I can't remember what this, this was several years ago, but what they, what they were now, but anyway, yeah, I had, I had things that I purposely did to help me see, Did it, but then uh, I did all the senses, Sue. That was my first one. Oh, okay. Then tasting. I made myself eat something I'd never eaten before. Every time I went out, I had to order something new for a year. Wow. Try not to order the same thing on the menu. So I just went to the coast actually a couple of weeks ago because I don't like fish. So I'm trying to broaden myself. So I'm eating fish. So I went to the coast per- purposely with a friend. We went to a restaurant on the coast and we ordered all the fish dishes they had on their menu that I'd never eaten. That's a lot of fish dishes. Well, it wasn't because they didn't have that much variety. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, we had an appetizer, we had a salad, we had a main course, and we had dessert. Of course, wasn't fishy, thankfully. But anyway, we had. Did you like yeah. any? Did you like any of it? Oh my goodness! The oh the blue crab soup or the wow she crab soup with blue roe. I think it was she crab soup. She amazing. She crap. Amazing. Because Uh, when you put it in your, in your tongue, you get a, you get a taste in your tongue, but then when you swallow, there's a pepper taste at the back of your throat. mm. So I was noticing what my tongue was doing. It was absolutely amazing. Anyway, it was, I'll have it again if I can, whenever I can, because it was absolutely. Sounds incredible. So tasting a way of seeing, and then the other senses. A way of hearing. Okay. I did hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you do them all at once? Or did you pick a year? No, a year. I did them for a year. Yeah. Oh, all of them for a year. Mm. Yeah. And how did that change your relationship with God or did it affect it? Oh, yeah. How so? Oh, yeah. There are just a lot of different ways. I think that each year just gave me a deeper appreciation for the world that the Lord has made. Mm. You know, he could have made the world very bland and very um, black and white, actually. And he chose not to. And that fascinates me. And this, this week I was reading about how God planted the garden and the garden of Eden. He, it actually says in Genesis, he planted the garden. Think of it. God on his knees, working the soil, planting the garden. He could have mm-hmm. just said the words and it would have all been there. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it took time, takes time to grow when you plant a garden. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't like it was an overnight thing. It was he planted. So I'm, I'm looking at that and working, just thinking about that. That's just a new, a whole new thought. But anyway, you just see the world. You just have an, a better appreciation <laughs> for the world. Yeah. Um, how do you, uh, I could probably answer this for you, but that's because I know you, but how do you embody or display the welcoming heart of God? Well, I'm working on it actually all the time because I, I want to like people and that's something I really have to work at. I don't, I don't see that about you. I know, but <laughs> You, I, fake, you, fake, you fake it well, <laughs> or you just like me. <laughs> you know, I, I, I love, I love making people feel at home. And I, I really do enjoy, um, I enjoy, like, I love cruises because the food is so beautifully prepared and displayed. Yeah, yeah. I love doing that for people. I love yeah. giving them an experience. Mm-hmm. I think what I love is I love giving people an experience. And when you give people an experience, then they feel loved. And when people feel loved, then they begin to open up and they begin to share themselves more freely because just giving them an experience communicates love. And so I think that that's probably what I do is I work at giving people an experience that communicates you are loved, you are valued. You know, this was done for you. Uh, a friend came over uh, last week and, you know, I'd served um, passion fruit mousse that I'd made and um, I put it on a plate and I had little raspberries around it and Anyway, she just, she just said, this is just beautiful. It was simple, wasn't much. And it was a taste. She said, this is just perfect. Anyway, we had a wonderful time of talking and sharing. But I think that the, the sense, the plate coming out and just seeing it and then tasting it. That it doesn't have to be big or, you know, extravagant, but just the little things that you do to say, I want to make this really special for you. And mm-hmm. yeah, which is a beautiful way of looking at hospitality. You know, I speak a lot about the difference between hospitality and entertaining and someone who would only do entertaining might look at what you're saying. Well, that's what I do. I do things really spectacularly in a simple way that makes that, but, but the difference is in entertaining, it's really reflecting on yourself. I mean, I don't see you saying I'm going to make this passion fruit dessert so that she will see I'm such a great person. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. See, see, so we can still do beautiful things. We don't have to be slovenly mm-hmm. uh, in our preparations. We can mm-hmm. do beautiful things. We don't have to make them elaborate because that's a stress that God has not placed on us. But what he's offered for us to do is partner with him in displaying his beauty, which you've talked about already in nature, mm-hmm. but also the way that he loves. I mean, wouldn't that be a great book title for all of your musings? The way that he loves because yeah. Yeah. he loves you so and you're in love with him. And yet sometimes the people around us, we just don't like. And we have yeah. to ask God to give us a supernatural love for them because they don't like us either. And we can keep us distance, but maybe that very person is waiting for someone to tell them the good news of the gospel because they're crushed with the weight of their own sin or stress. Do you, do you find that? So, you know, years ago, yes, I do 
do. And years ago, years ago, when I was at Multnomah, I was absolutely, I woke up one morning. Okay, so I went to bed and the world was kind of gray and, you know, everything. But when I woke up the next morning, everything was blooming. And it was absolutely like overnight. The world was just like, what happened? Every spring, you know, it's like, what happened? But I thought people are like that. You look at people mm. and they are, they don't appeal to you, don't have, the, I mean, they don't, but deep in all of us, deep in every single person, there's that bloom, there's that gorgeous bush, there's that gorgeous something that if you could just tap into it, oh, what amazing, oh, how beautiful, you know, you would just be astounded. And I, now, this is going to sound a little sacrilegious to some people, probably, and they're going to, you know, judge me on this. But oh well, I watch cat. I watch. Um, so you think you can dance? I love okay. dance. So I'm going to win the Argentine tango competition someday. I'm sure but you will. <laughs> anyway, Cats <laughs> um, Dealey is the host of So You Think You Can Dance. And I would love to meet her because she fascinates me because she is so welcoming to every single weird person, weird to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. person that would scare me that she encounters. And mm-hmm. she's, she just, she just exudes love to them. Oh, now, yeah. I don't, I don't know if she's a believer or not, but what I know is She's genuinely interested in everyone. At least Mm -hmm. that's how she comes across. Mm -hmm. Genuinely interested in everyone. And that's what I think that that's how every, that's how every believer should be who has Jesus in them is that, is that it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how scary you are to me. I am going to want to know where that beautiful bloom inside of you what is that gorgeous Mm. I want to bring it out I Mm. want to have you bloom in front of me because I know you can because Mm -hmm. I know it's there Mm -hmm. and that's you know back then I thought man that's how I'm going to live my life I'm I'm really going to do that but I'm still very you know kind of step back kind of little judgmental just a little, you know, cautious and all of that. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be any of that with mm-hmm. new people. Mm-hmm. I just want to be, hey, hi, you know, I want to know where is your blossom? What does mm. it look like? Mm. So if beautiful. you were blooming in front of me right now, what would that look like? Hopefully I want to no, see it. Hopefully no thorns, just roses from me. Yeah, yeah. Diana, this has been a delight. I'm so glad we did this, even though poor Diana, you don't know that Diana's had some root canal problems and that's painful. So (laughs) thank you. God answered our prayers and what a blessing this will be to everybody listening. And if you want to um, be on Diana's mailing list, uh, I will put her email in the show notes and thank you again. And God bless you, my dear friend. Thank you, Sue. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. 
Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.